Church, today we're going to be wrapping up our sermon series entitled Dangerous Prayers. And, and I don't know about how you feel about it, but it's been a rough one. It's been a good one, but it's been a rough one. We've been challenged quite a bit and what is it God has called us to. And I want to remind you, church, that, that you should be praying those prayers, but not only be praying the prayers, but asking God to do these things in your heart and in your life but be expectant for what it is he's going to do. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 tells us this. It says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Church, you know what? I don't know about you, but I, I like easy prayers. You know what I'm talking about when I say easy prayers? You know, and there's nothing wrong with an easy prayer. There really isn't. You know, it's that, that prayer like, God, keep me safe, or, or, or God, bless me, you know, ask him to do this thing. You know, God, help me to have a, a nice, easy day. And see, the truth is this, church. We don't want to be inconvenienced, do we? We are people, we don't like to be inconvenienced. We don't want to be interrupted, and we don't want to have to face any challenges at all in our lives. So in other words, we kind of have that attitude, you know what, God, if you really love me, give me a hassle-free day, because I don't want to deal with anything, right? I'm talking about, God, give me good food. I want to have good food today after church, right? Lord, give me green lights. Everywhere I go in my car, make sure that light turns green, because, Lord, you know I'm always late. That's a lot of you in here today, right? Lord, put some nice people around me. Or, 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 you know, you know, God, how about a good upfront parking space at Walmart, man? Lord, I love it when that happens, right? You know, uh, well-behaved kids. Father, God, bless me with some well-behaved kids. Father, make sure that I don't have a pimple on the end of my nose when I'm standing up here preaching today, right? We, we like those easy prayers. We do. But today's prayer is not easy, church. It's really not easy. It's not simple. And if God answers this in your life today you might get a little bit frustrated. Seriously, you might. You might get a little bit un uncomfortable. Um, you, your life might get a little bit harder. And, and chances are, chances are really good, it's not going to be easier for you. And so what I want to do today is, is I want to invite you into praying this specific dangerous prayer with me. And I want to remind you this too, that the Christian life was never meant to be safe, church. Christian life was never meant to be safe. It was never meant to be easy. And so this week's prayer is this, God, break my heart. Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. That's what we're going to be talking about. God, break my heart. You know, strip me of comfort. Take that comfort away from me. Take that ease away from me. Take that spiritual apathy away from me. Because a lot of times we struggle with that, don't we, church? It's like this. And I want to warn you today. God will answer this prayer. He will. He'll answer this prayer. And when he does answer this prayer, you know, break my heart for what breaks your Lord, yours, Lord, you'll find yourself maybe frustrated. You'll find yourself burdened. You might find yourself grieved. You might find your heart aching over something that burdens the very heart of your heavenly father. If you pray this prayer, that's what's going to happen. You might lose some sleep, church. You might lose some sleep. Your, your, your heart might burn with a righteous anger. I want to make sure you understand there's a righteous anger and then there's a, an anger. I'm talking about a righteous anger. You might find yourself doing things that you don't even understand. And when you do... And when you pray this prayer, and God's going to answer it, church, you might face opposition. 
You might face opposition. You might face criticism. You might face persecution for what it is that God has called you to. And so in all your pain, in all your discomfort, in all your agony, you will be blessed, church. I want you to know this. You will be blessed by your heavenly Father if your heart breaks for what breaks his. It's a very dangerous prayer. Break my heart, Lord, for what breaks yours. So today we're going to be bringing our text. It's going to come from Jeremiah, if you want to look at it with me here. And Jeremiah chapter 8 is where we're going to be focusing. And Jeremiah, he had a very uncomfortable nickname, unfortunate nickname. If you don't know anything about Jeremiah, I highly recommend you read the book of Jeremiah. It's a good book. And he had uh, an unfortunate nickname. And we know him as the weeping prophet. We know Jeremiah is the weeping prophet, and, and that would stink to be labeled that way, right? Please don't call me the weeping preacher. I know I get a little weepy up here sometimes. You know, I've earned it maybe, but don't call me that. I don't want to be called that at all. Jeremiah, he was known, though, as the weeping prophet because throughout the book there, his heart was breaking, and it was breaking over the plight of God's people. It was breaking about the condition of God's people, and so he found himself just really struggling. And he was struggling because of the condition of God's people. But listen, I want to tell you too, God's heart was breaking as well for his people. His heart was breaking for them. So let me give you just a little bit of background today, right? So during the time of Jeremiah, the people of Judah, they were rebelling. And let me tell you what I mean by rebelling. I'm talking about it was rampant. It was complete rebellion from their heavenly father, from God the Father, of what is it he called them to. So here's some of the things that was happening. The leaders, what they were doing, they were abusing women. They were taking advantage of those who were poor. They were sacrificing babies the false gods. That's what the people of Judah was doing. And God's heart, God's very heart was wrecked over the sinfulness of his people. God was struggling with it. And so for those of you who are parents, you know, sometimes when our kids aren't doing exactly what we want them to do, Maybe you even got some children that aren't living the way that God has called them to do, right? You know, we experience this. You can have a, a some, just a simple level of understanding maybe of what God was going through when his children was not doing as what they should be doing, as what he called them to. You know, when, when you're our children, church, when our children aren't following God, when they're living like the rest of the world, it breaks our hearts, doesn't it? It breaks our hearts. So here's the heavenly father. He's watching his people do everything that he would never want to see them do. And it was breaking his heart. And so Jeremiah, he comes in, right? He's acting on God's behalf. And he speaks to the people. He wants to speak to the people. And it's kind of this, this thought process. You know, this isn't right. This shouldn't be happening, right? How can you claim to know and love a God and act this same way? We could see this in today's world too, can't we, church? I'm talking about, he's saying, why are you abusing people? Mistreating those who are powerless. And so Jeremiah's heart was breaking. So in Jeremiah chapter 8, Verse 18 is where we're going to pick it up, church. It starts here. Jeremiah says this, my grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. 
So here's what he's saying. He, he's saying, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm devastated. You know, my, my heart is broken. There is no repair, right? It, it's so great. I'm really struggling with this. And then if you go down and look at Jeremiah chapter 8, verses 21 through 22, here's what he says. I hurt with the hurt of my people. I mourn and am overcome with grief. There is no medicine in Gilead. There is no physician there. Why is there no healing for the wounds of my people? Church, he's saying that his heart is absolutely devastated and crushed. You know, he's saying that his heart is broken due to all the injustices that he's seeing the people of God, God's chosen people, the way that they're living. It's broken over the ones who don't have the power to defend themselves at all. And to make things right, Jeremiah's like, man, my grief is beyond healing, he said. My grief is beyond healing. And so Jeremiah did. Here's what he did, church. He did what he knew to do. If you've ever read the book of Jeremiah, this guy could preach. He could preach. He preached some of the most powerful, I'm talking fiery sermons in the history of our world. And he prayed. The Bible says he prayed and he fasted and he stood strong and he preached to the people. He did everything that he knew to do, every single thing that he knew to do, and things did not immediately change. How many of you are instant people? <laughs> That's me. If I think it in my head, it should have already happened two minutes ago. When I think something should be a certain way, it needs to be that way right now. I'm very impatient. You know, and if someone is doing something a lot slower than what I would do it, I have a really hard time with it. Mary and I, this is our major difference in our lives. I go 90 miles an hour, she goes five miles an hour. There's sometimes we'll be coming out our door. This is my favorite thing to tease her about. We'll come out the front door, and we live in a, a very, you know, it's, it's a nice neighborhood. There's not a lot of traffic here. She walks out the front door of our house. She steps out. She looks both ways as she's on the porch, and I end up running her over almost every time. I'm like, what are you looking for? There ain't no cars up here on the porch. Keep moving, right? She, she goes a lot slower than I do, and that's okay. That's the way God made her. But when I don't see things happen immediately. I struggle with it. And look at Jeremiah right here. He, you know, he, he's doing these things, and he didn't see things change immediately in his people. So he says, my grief is unbearable. My heart is broken. My question for you this morning as a church is, do you want that? Do you want your heart to be broken like that? I bet most of us say, no, I want opposite of that, Right? I want opposite of that. I, I want things to be good today. I want things to be really good today. I, I, I don't want anyone to cuss me out. I don't want anyone to look at me terrible. You know, I don't want nobody rolling their eyes at me. I can't stand when someone rolls their eyes at me. Hate that so bad. Don't ever do it. I might think you're my kid and things could get ugly, right? I wouldn't be your preacher anymore. But, you know, if you do something, think about this. If you do something the way that God's called you to, Man, if your heart is breaking for the things of the Lord, you look at things differently. Man, you know what? If I do something for you, I want you to say thank you for it. That's just how I'm programmed, right? You know, all the important stuff. I don't want any heartaches. I don't want any grief. I don't want any struggles in my life. And so that is why, church, for all of us, this is a dangerous prayer. Break my heart, Lord, for what breaks yours. You know, I'm not talking about those little spiritual interests that sometimes we get. We all get those. You know, just a quick spiritual interest. 
You know, you, you do some good deed and, and, and make yourself feel good, right? You know, we, we all do things like that sometimes. You know, you know, I hate it when I drive by and you, you see a homeless vet on the side of the road. You, you give them a couple bucks. You're like, oh, I did my good deed for the day, right? You, know, you give them loose change, maybe whatever you have. I'm not talking about that. Or maybe you're like, man, you know what, preacher, I hate when I see animals suffering. And, and so I'm going to adopt this little puppy right here. And good for your puppy. I'm, I'm thankful that your puppy has gotten a better home. But listen, I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about a gut-wrenching burden is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something that, that consumes your thoughts, church, and it doesn't let up. It doesn't go away, right? It eats at you. It gnaws at you until you break and you do something. Because that pain is so great, that pain is so strong, it burns in your heart. That's what it is. And when you get to this place, when you get to this place, your heart is breaking for what breaks God's. When you get here, what it does is it goes against everything that the popular culture will tell you to want. Seriously, it's opposite of that feel-good Christianity. You know, a lot of times people have that feel-good Christianity that God exists for us, that he exists for us, and, and, and he's just there to make our lives better and, and to take away the pain, and, and he exists only to fill you with blessings and take away all the uncomfortableness. That's not what it is, church. You realize that you exist for his glory, right? You exist to give him honor. You exist to worship him. That's why God created us, to worship him. So it's opposite. It's opposite of that. You know what? What if, church, think about this. What if God's greatest blessings comes from God's greatest breakings in your life? What if his greatest blessings comes from his greatest breakings in your life? Just what if? What if that's the way it is? What if the most very special blessings that you have in your life from God comes from the other side of pain? I'm talking about the, the pain that moves you, the pain that pushes you out to where you're uncomfortable. I bet you everybody in this room can sit there and, and figure out something in your life. You're like, oh, preacher, you don't, I've gone through some stuff. You know, we've all gone through some stuff, right? And, and some of you, you actually recognize now that you're on the other side of the stuff that you, you feel better, right? You're like, man, I see what God was doing. I, that's happened so many times in my life where I beg and plead God, take this away. Lord, make this right. Fix this for me. He's like, no, you got to go through it because you know what? I'm going to refine you. I'm going to make you stronger. I'm going to make you depend on me more. So you got to go through this, Mark Blakely. But the blessings on the other side of it have been amazing. And I'm that guy, I'm kind of the dumb puppy. It's like, oh, okay, God, I see what you did now. When I'm on the other side of it, I can see those blessings of what God's done and how he's made me go through those things. So think about this. The pain that moves you, moves you out of self to care about other people on God's behalf. What if the greatest blessings are on the other side of your greatest breakings, church? If God really and truly breaks your heart, if he breaks your heart for the things that break his, what if God has blessed you this morning with a heavenly burden in your life? I'm talking about a divine hurt. I don't know about you. How, how many of you, I think we could all probably say we all feel the same way, but I don't know about you. I like comfort and luxury, don't you? 
We, we like it, man. We like to feel comfortable. How many of you go on vacation, maybe you get a, a decent hotel, nice hotel. You go in there and you're like, you walk in the shower, like, ooh, they got that good shampoo that makes your head smell good, right? Your hair, my scalp smell good, I mean. Right? You go in there, you're like, ooh, that feels good. It tingles, right? It feels really good. That's a good shampoo. And so you're using that. And then, man, you go out and do your thing. You go to the beach, whatever you're doing. And you come back. Some lady came in and made your bed while you weren't there, brought you fresh towels, all those kind of things. You like it. You like comfort, right? I like comfort. I like a nice hotel room. Man, I like a nice restaurant. I do. I love, I love to go to the meat shack. We call it the meat shack up in Pittsburgh. Texas Day Brazil, we call it the meat shack because they just give you tons of meat there. I like to go there. You know, I like a nice car. I like that new car smell. We should last it forever. I like a nice car. I like comfort a lot, and I believe that all of us do. We all like comfort, but the problem is this, church. Comfort has never once moved me to action. When we are comfortable, we want to stay comfortable. You know, there's times where Mary and I will watch a, a TV show or a movie, and we're laying on the couch there, and, and I fall asleep. You know, so I snuggle into my wife, and eight minutes, I'm out. I've seen the beginning of so many movies, it's not even funny. And, you know, all of a sudden, her arm falls asleep or something. She starts to move, and I'm waking, like, what are you doing? I'm comfortable. Don't move. You're here for me. Don't move. I'm very comfortable right now. I don't like it when I'm not comfortable anymore. And church, I believe that every single one of us, if we're going to be honest with each other today, it's this. We don't like to be uncomfortable, do we? We don't. But I've never, church, never become so comfortable that I thought, like, let's go change the world. I've never felt that way. You know, comfort just seems to want more comfort. It does. When you are comfortable, you want to stay there. More luxury in life never made me want to care more for those who are suffering. How about this? Do you like pain? <laughs> I don't like pain. I like pain-free days, right? Pain-free days never once made me more like Christ. What does pain do? I'll tell you what pain does for us. Pain purifies us, right? Pain will purify us. It does. Pain, suffering, man. What about suffering? It strengthens us, doesn't it? It strengthens us. Trials, church, trials will make you more like Jesus, and it teaches us to depend on God. Break my heart, God, for what breaks yours. It's a dangerous prayer. It snaps us. It snaps us out of our, our self-centeredness. It snaps us out of our comfort. So you can see, church, Every one of us, you can see those whose heart was broken all through the scripture. There's all kinds of examples in the scripture. What happened when their hearts were broken? Moses, right? His heart was broken. The Bible tells us it was broken when he saw the Egyptians cruelly beating his people. One day he took action. He snapped and he killed that Egyptian guard. And Moses carried that burden for decades he didn't feel guilty for two days or two weeks. The Bible says he felt guilty for decades until God called Moses. God calls Moses out, and he said, I want you to stand before the most powerful man in the world. And with his heart that was breaking for the plight of his people, Moses goes and stands before Pharaoh. And do you know what he said, church? He said, let my people go. Because he had a broken heart. 
He had a broken heart for what was breaking God's heart. How about David, little shepherd boy? One of my favorite stories in the Bible, right? The whole nation of Israel was at war, right? And so David was too young. He was too small to go fight. And so his father said, hey, David, I want you to go take some cheese and crackers, right, to the front line, to the real men who are fighting that war out on the front lines. You take it out there to him. So David walked up. He saw the war was at a standstill. And the reason it was at a standstill is because a great big soldier, enemy soldier, by the way, named Goliath, was too big to beat. But you know what? Goliath made one big mistake, church. He made one very big mistake. He was making fun of God and his people, the nation of Israel. And so David couldn't stand that. And his heart broke for what was going on. And David stood up to Goliath and he said, who are you? Who are you to come against, to come against the armies of the living God? He said that to him. And Goliath, he says, hey, Goliath, you know what? Everyone says you are too big to defeat. David says, you're too big to miss. He says, somebody give me a slingshot and some rocks, baby. We're going to take care of this right here. And he slayed the giant. That's what he did. Nehemiah, you know the story of Nehemiah. I've preached on it before. He had a relatively comfortable life. He did. Nehemiah had a comfortable life. He did have a, a, a slightly high-risk job. His job was to taste the king's wine to make sure nobody was poisoning the king. So on the days that there was no poison in the wine, Nehemiah is having a really good day, by the way. But you know what? He heard some bad news about his family, about his people, that the walls were broken down, that they were all vulnerable to all kinds of attacks. You know, they had no support system, right? They, they had no street cred. They had no sense of self-worth. Those people didn't. They were vulnerable, and it crushed him. It crushed Nehemiah so much. It crushed him so much that he couldn't even physically stand, the Bible says. He fell to the ground. He, he cried, and he prayed. And he also put his own life at risk, and he begged the king. Remember, he was the one who was tasting the wine to make sure the king wasn't going to get poisoned to death. And he went and he begged the king, and he said, can I please go back? Can I go back? And he did. The king let him go back, and here's what he did. He went back to his city, and he helped this wall. Nehemiah was not a builder. He was not a construction worker. He didn't have any of that kind of background. And here's how it takes place, church. In Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14, after his heart was broken, after he moved to action, verse 14 says this, then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people, and he said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious, and you fight for your brothers, for your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Because his heart was broken, church, it moved him out of his comfort zone. It moved him out of being comfort. How about Jesus when the scripture tells us that he wept over Jerusalem? Jesus wept over Jerusalem, and he made the statement, you know what? They don't know my peace is available to them. They don't have any idea my peace is available to them, and it broke his heart. You know, some of you today, you're going to get to that point where you can't take it anymore. You ever have that moment in your life where something's going on, finally you throw your hands up, I can't take this anymore. I'm talking about if you pray this prayer, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. And when he finally breaks it so hard, you're gonna be like, I can't take this anymore. I can't stand this anymore. And when you pray that prayer, 
I want you to know God will do it. God will break your heart. And what he'll do then is he'll shake you out of your comfort zone. He will shake you out of that comfort zone. He will stir that divine burden that he has placed in your heart so much so that you won't be able to ignore it anymore. And when your heart breaks one day, church, you're not going to be able to hold back. You're not going to be able to hold back anymore. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in this church. You know, Kim Halfhill, she's our biblical counselor, does a wonderful job counseling people. When she first came back to this church, God laid a burden on her heart for the addicts. And so my office next door, I got this big, beautiful picture window. It looks out on Main Street. I can see I'm being everybody's business. If you go by there, you go to the laundromat, I'll know your business. And I'm looking out there, and I saw a car pulled up right in front of it, and I see Kim sitting in there. I didn't know her really well at the point, and I see her in there. She's talking to herself. I'm like, that chick's crazy. What's she doing out there? And she stayed out there for the longest time. I kept looking up, and she's still sitting in her car. And I'm talking not just like seconds. I'm talking long, long minutes. And suddenly, I see her get out of her car. She comes walking up the sidewalk. She comes in. She tells me, you're going to think I'm crazy. I said, I already know it. I watched you outside. (laughs) She said, God has laid it so heavy on my heart to do something for the addicts. And listen. That is where Set Free Missions was born in this church because God laid a burden on her heart. Bruce and Gina Tagenhorst, right? Gina pulls up in front of 9th Street out here and she sees a house and God laid it on her heart. What about the mothers who don't have any options, right? They're, they're homeless and they don't have anywhere to go. They're pregnant and someone's trying to force them to abort that baby. And God broke Gina's heart. He said, you do something. You do something about that, right? Do something for the babies. And it prompted her to go way out of her comfort zone because God called her to it. And so the Esther house was born out of that broken heart. That burden came so hard and so much for them to bear that they were driven to action, church. What if God's greatest blessings are on the other side of your greatest breakings? Do you realize the journey is never easy when God breaks our hearts? In the examples that I've given you, the the two ministries here in this church, man, that that journey has not been easy for those people. It can be months of aching without any clarity. And you're like, God, you laid it on me. You broke my heart. I'm hurting right now. What do you want me to do? It might be that. It could be that that heart is crushed with no clear direction. I know you called me to go somewhere, but I don't know how to get there. Man, it could come with praying and fasting, investigating. I'm talking asking questions, going one way and then realizing, no, now we got to try another. There are highs and there are lows, church. That's their house. They're still trying to find that spot. We know where the spot is. We're still trying to find the house to go in that spot. I'm talking about looking for a solution thinking you found it. Maybe that's not going to work now. There's so many unanswered questions, but listen, church, think about this. When that realization comes down that God has called you to something and he's broken your heart for something, he's going to take care of it. Through those highs, through those lows, when God calls you to something, church, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to be right there with you. You can stand on him, and you can gain courage from him. You can gain strength from him. You will continue to rely on him. He's going to show you the way. I love how God works, even though it's not always my favorite process. You know, he's telling you to go somewhere, but he says, I want you to go here first. 
And you're like, man, can I just go there? No, I want you to go here first. He always gives you one step at a time because he wants you to trust in him, church. Break my heart, God, for what breaks yours. Church, maybe for you it's the unborn. It might be the kids in this community that some people don't give a rip about them. It might be for that kid who doesn't have a home and you could supply one. It might be for someone trapped in addictions. I ask you today, church, what breaks your heart? It might be teens who are depressed and they're cutting themselves. It could be the fact that you come down here and you serve every single week in a youth group for kids who know nothing at all about Jesus. The world will tell you that something else is always better. The world will tell you it's better not to care. It's better not to hurt for them. It's better not to get involved. I can't tell you how many times someone will tell me a big major problem. They're like, hey, I just don't want to get involved, though. Bet you don't. The world will tell you it's better to turn a blind eye. Listen to me this morning. You thank God. You thank God when he breaks your heart. I heard a guy say this about a month ago. It is better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. Think about that. It's better to hurt with the purpose that God has called you to than to exist without having a purpose at all. Church, you thank God when he moves you. You thank him. You thank God when he breaks you. You thank God when he calls you to do something on his behalf. The apostle Paul in the New Testament, I like what he says in the New Testament. He was kind of what you would call maybe a false convert back in the day, right? He was religious, but he didn't know Christ. He didn't have that personal relationship at all. And so he bragged on his experience and his religious knowledge. And in Philippians, Philippians chapter 3, this is Paul speaking here, kind of giving his credentials. He says in verse 5, he says, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. So he's telling you how he used to think. And he goes on to say in verse 7, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for Christ's sake. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Man, he spoke a mouthful there, church. But you know what? I love when he says, I consider it all a loss. A guy taught me this. When he's talking that word lost right there, that Greek word means dung. So basically, basically, Paul is just saying, I consider it all crap. That's what it is. It doesn't mean anything. It's garbage. It doesn't mean anything at all. And then he goes on to say in Romans, he goes on to say in Romans chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, it says, With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience, the Holy Spirit, confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief. And he goes on to say in verse 3, For my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters, I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. Church, he had a burden there. He's saying, man, this is how much it means to me. Church, this is a very dangerous prayer. 
It's a very dangerous prayer. When God breaks your heart, listen, you might hurt, and sometimes you might even hurt alone. I'm talking about on the outside, people will say, you have a good life. Man, I have people tell me all the time, man, Mark Blakely, you got a really good life. I do. I plan for a good life, number one. You know, when you honor God, he blesses you back. You know, I got a great wife, man. I got an excellent wife. I waited a long time for that girl. I got great kids. I got three fantastic boys. I got an excellent daughter-in-law. She's my favorite daughter-in-law. She's my only daughter-in-law. I tell her all the time, you're my favorite one. I got two amazing granddaughters. They're beautiful. I tell them that every day. You're beautiful. I've got great friends. I got an excellent church that I'm able to come here and serve with. But I want you to know, church, I hurt sometimes still. I hurt for the people who only have head knowledge. When I worked at Coca-Cola, there was a guy there I became good friends with, and we would debate all day long about the Bible. And, and he, that man knew the Bible through and through, but he didn't believe any of it. But he knew it. He would throw things back at me, well, what about this? What about this? And I tell you what, church, one day he dropped dead in the parking lot at work. Dropped dead. There was no hope for him. He was gone. And I remember going to the calling hours, waiting a long line because people really liked this guy. And I remember sitting there going like, man, what a shame. He had all the knowledge in his head, but he had none of it in his heart. I don't know because I'm not the judge. But sometimes I wonder, man, did that guy miss heaven by 18 inches, 18 inches from the brain to the heart? He had the head knowledge, but he didn't have it in his heart. For those of you, church, think about this. For those who don't have anyone, for those who don't have anyone, my heart breaks for them. Those who don't have anyone, they don't realize, man, there is a God. There is a church family that would love to be there for them and love on them, right? There's a heavenly father who wants to be there for them. I hurt for those people. I hurt for those people who are bound up in legalism. I'm, there's a lot of that in the church. They're bound up in legalism, and they never experience God's love because they're so legalistic. My heart breaks for those who are in bondage to addictions. Church, my heart hurts for those who think only material things can make them happy. My heart hurts for our young people who are struggling so much that they don't see any hope at such a young age. Church, do you realize that God gave you that stuff? He gave you those burdens so that you can be there for someone. Man, if you depend only on the material stuff, by the way, God gave you that stuff anyways, and you act like it's yours. He gave you that stuff. He gave you everything you have, but he wants you to use it for his glory, church. Your finances, he wants you to use it for his glory. He wants you to use it in the church and outside the church to help others. That's what God wants from you. Man, listen to me. You pray that prayer. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. And listen, he will. May God break your heart so that you will stop pursuing your own selfish desires. Break my heart, God. Break my heart for what breaks yours. And listen, when he does that, you need to be thankful for that pain. Because when he does, you're going to be driven. 
You'll be driven by a higher calling. You're going to be driven by a heavenly purpose, not just so you can pursue your own selfish things, but to reflect and understand by the glory of God whose heart broke for you so much, church. God's heart broke so much for you that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. Break my heart for what breaks yours. I want to ask the praise team to come up here this morning. Do you realize, church, that following Jesus was never meant to be safe? Too many times people have that confusion. Oh, I'm a Christian now. I've accepted Jesus. I've been baptized. Man, my life's going to be good. Listen, you literally have put a target on your back for the enemy. He's not going to give up on you. He lost you. And you know what? Following Jesus Christ is never meant to be safe. It was never meant to be easy. But you know what? God has called us to a life. He's called us to a life to trust in him through the difficulties of serving him. Hardest job in the world. Everyone always says, you know, preacher got an easy job. I only fold bulletins during the week and I work, uh, what, two hours on Sunday. That's it, church. I'm joking. (laughs) It's a tough job. And God breaks my heart for you a lot of times. Imagine, church, if I ignored that heartbreaking. I want you to imagine for one minute, if you ignore your heartbreaking, do you understand that God is calling you to something? Whatever it is that's breaking your heart, whatever it is he's laying heavy on your heart, you see needs, you see situations, you see people who are dying and going to hell every single day, and man, you ask God, break my heart, Lord, for what breaks yours? Do you realize that you can change this world for generations to come? If you act upon that heartbreaking, God has called you to a life to trust him through all things. So I ask you today, church, I wanna encourage you, you pray this dangerous prayer with me. You pray this dangerous prayer, God break my heart for what breaks yours. And listen, you better be ready There's going to be times you're going to get weary in it. There's going to be times that you're going to struggle with and say, oh, man, what did I do? Listen, you rely on him. Let him strengthen you. Let him guide you. Let him give you courage. Let him give you every single thing you need to do for the thing that is breaking your heart, whatever it might be. Whatever that situation is, God is doing it with you. You're not alone. So what is it this morning, church, that's breaking your heart? Maybe some of you, you're sitting here today and your heart's breaking right now because you're realizing that you don't have a right relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, you aren't even there. Yeah, you might come to church every Sunday, but are you right with him? Are you relying on him? Are you praying to him? Are you digging into his word? Are you living the life that God has called you to? Man, don't you dare for one minute think if you came up on stage and got baptized, that's it that you got your fire insurance and I ain't gonna burn in hell anymore, I'm going to heaven. No, it's a bigger life than that. It's God taking up residency in your heart. I'm talking there's fruits of the Spirit happening in your life, that he's doing something. And I love what Jesus says. He said this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. It's not about going to church. You should be here not about working in the church. You should be working in the church. 
It's about the fact that you gave Jesus Christ your heart, your sin and your garbage, and you said, make me brand new. So if that's for you today, I wanna encourage you, come forward, let people pray with you. And the rest of you believers who are here today, I really wanna encourage you, you pray that prayer. Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. And then you be ready for God to use you. So how about it, church? Let's stand together and let's sing. But I wanna encourage you to respond this morning. 